You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. In uh, chapter 2 as well. Uh, and as you can see, I titled tonight's message, It Matters. Now, here's some questions or statements you may hear sometimes. A question you may hear is, what does it matter what you believe? Or does it matter what you believe? Or, or, it, or just a statement, it doesn't matter what you believe, right? Uh, sometimes that, it doesn't matter what you believe, is followed up by, as long as you're sincere. It doesn't matter what you believe, as long as you're sincere, um, and, uh, but I want to say that it matters tonight. And I, I believe these passages are going to illustrate uh, that it matters. Uh, it matters. And uh, without any further delay, let's just go ahead and look at chapter 1, verse 28. And then we'll read right through to verse number 3 of chapter 2, um, where the Bible says, chapter 1, verse 28, whom? All right. And I hope, I mean, you know, I hope you got your highlighter or pen or something tonight. Sure would like you to mark some of these words. Uh, the very first word I'd want you to mark is that word whom. The very first word of verse number 28, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. And the whom there is Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, I labor, striving, according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Chapter 2, verse 1, For I would that ye knew what great conflict. And so I'm highlighting the word conflict and uh, striving and labor, uh, the conflict that I have for you and for them at Laodicea, and, at, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Again, first two words I'd highlight or underline there in chapter 2, verse 3, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so... Uh, when we, I want to start just by highlighting some of the things that Paul said he was doing here. He says, whereunto, in other words, going back to verse 28, I am warning every man, I'm teaching every man, my goal is to present every man perfect in Christ. And what's, what's the idea behind being perfect from a biblical standpoint? Complete, that's right. Uh, matter of fact, we're going to see that here in chapter 2 in a little bit. Uh, complete, uh, another word may be mature, uh, is another good uh, explanation for the word uh, perfect. That I may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Now, whereunto I also labor. So Paul said he is laboring uh, there. That word labor means to, to work to the brink of exhaustion. To work to the brink of exhaustion, laboring. You ever been there? You ever been so tired, man? You didn't feel like you could go on much longer? Uh, I mean, man, you're working so hard and you're putting in a lot of hours or, or maybe you don't feel well, but you're just working anyway, man, and you are just exhausted. But, and, and that's what he's saying here. I am laboring. I'm laboring. But he goes on to say, and I'm striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. 
Then in chapter 2, verse 1, the reason I'm showing you striving along with the word conflict in chapter 2, verse 1, if you knew what great conflict that I have for you, that word conflict uh, is and, and striving both come from the same root word and both are really athletic terms. Uh, they were used in the athletic world. They were also used in the military world, but they were used in the athletic world. They refer to the strenuous effort put forth by the runner to win the race. I mean, this isn't easy. This is someone who is striving. This is someone who is um, conflicted. And again, I think about a runner, but also think about a soldier, a soldier who's on the battlefield, a soldier that's been up for, uh, you know, 24, 36, 48 hours, but they're engaged in a battle. And so they're obviously feeling that labor feeling, but man, they're still striving. They're still in conflict. And these, both of these words come, our, our English word agony comes from the Greek word from which these words are based. The word agony. So I'm just saying it matters. How do I know it matters? Because Paul is saying, folks, I'm laboring here. I'm giving it all I've got, and then I'm giving it some more. He says, and, 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 and to go along with that, I am striving. I'm in agony with what I'm trying to do here, with the work that I want to see completed in you. I want to see you mature in Christ. I want to see you successful in Christ. I'm striving. I'm in agony. And he says, you know, goes to chapter 2, verse 1, man, I just wish you could see the agony, the conflict that I'm in for you. It matters. Whatever it is that Paul's talking about here must really matter. Whatever he's talking about here is imperative. I mean, this is very serious. There was a critical yet common battle going on in the church at Colossae. And so... You know, we've dug really deep into these verses as we've gone through this study. But I just want to take a little bit of a step back to remind you of kind of the big picture. The, 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 the critical yet common battle that was going on in the church at Colossae was what began to try to creep into the church? False doctrine. Over and over again. That is a, it's a critical, but it's a very common battle that's going on. And so he's addressing this false doctrine. What you believe matters. Now the thing you've got to understand is this is the church at Colossae. This church, this is people that have been saved by the grace of God. I mean, man, they've been thriving and doing well in the Lord. But all of a sudden, some false teachers and false teaching has begun to infiltrate the church. That's why Paul is in such agony. That's why he is working so hard. That's why he's conflicted. He's feeling such pain and exhaustion on their behalf. See, there was a critical yet common battle going on. The battle lines were drawn all across the world. And folks, these battle lines have been drawn down all ages of time. Wherever there's a gathering of Christians, whether it's in some secluded building uh, in China in the underground church, whether it's in a hut in Africa, or whether it's in a big uh, city church downtown, folks, there's a line, a battle line drawn at the church where Christians are gathered. That is the front line of this battle that Paul's addressing here. The enemy's tactics do vary. 
See, we've got an enemy. That's what's going on here. And the enemy, in a sense, is the false teachers, but it's more so the false teaching because we understand that our battle's really not with flesh and blood. But it's against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness and, and the rulers of the darkness of this world. It's against Satan and his demons. And folks, there is no greater place. I, how, how many of you for, how many of you used to think, or maybe you still think, when I, whenever I thought of the devil and demons and them working, I thought of boogeyman kind of stuff, you know. I thought of creepy and scary and, uh, you know, horror, some of that kind of stuff, you know, and, and, and understand that is a side of it. But I'm telling you, that's just, that, that, that's not plan B, that's not plan A. That's not the main thrust of Satan. His main thrust is in false doctrine. His main thrust is in the religious realm. And so that's why it matters. Paul is striving here. He's conflicted. And so what we see here, number one, is we see Paul's effort. So he's concerned about those of Laodicea. Now, I talked about the enemy using different tactics. For those of Laodicea, uh, the, the, the devil was using the, the, the trap... They were being entangled with luxury. They had it so good that they begin to relax. They begin to think that we don't need God anymore. So the Laodiceans that he's concerned about there in chapter 2, verse 1, they were being entangled in luxury. The Colossians, however, were being entrapped with lies. With lies. So Paul's effort... He's striving. He's in agony. I mean, this, whatever it is he's trying to accomplish here, really matters, all right? So Paul's effort, but notice secondly, Paul's emphasis. He, his emphasis is, you know, today that it does matter. It matters what you believe. Don't let anybody ever tell you differently. It, it matters what you believe. And you know, it's interesting. I, I think about this all the time. It's funny the things that we try to, you know, you know, segregate, if you will, over to the Christian realm or the spiritual realm to where people say, oh, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. But I mean, I don't know about you, but I, you know, th that's not necessarily the case in the world. It's not necessarily the case in, in, in professions. I mean, in other words, in business oftentimes or in the medical field. Man, there's some things that are some pretty, line underli pretty underlying facts and it does matter what you believe about these things. It matters what you believe about life. It matters, uh, you know, how you practice medicine or, or how you do certain business. But when they get into the spiritual realm, they said, oh, it doesn't really matter what you believe. But the, the reason, the, the thing is, is it does matter what you believe. But what matters even more is in whom you have believed. So it is what you believe, but it's in whom you have believed. See, it's not that by us saying we believe in Christ, our salvation is in Christ. You know, we often say that, you know, true Christianity is not about religion. It's about a relationship. It's about a person. It's not about a place. We emphasize that. But when we say that it's about in whom we have believed, it's not that we don't have a what. So when we talk about in whom we have believed, it's not that we don't have a what we believe, it's that our what comes from a whom, the whom, amen, the great I am. The whom also provides an important why for what we believe, if you follow all that. 
Uh, I'm just simply saying what we believe matters, but you better make sure that what you believe is based on in whom you have believed and that why you believe what you believe is also based on in whom you have believed. And I'll try to explain that a little bit. Paul's emphasis. Again, I, I, we, we highlighted there Colossians 1.28 whom we preach. The last two words of verse 28 is Christ Jesus. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. Did you get that slide I sent you? I probably didn't tell you, I sent it to you. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, so you, you can turn there if you like, but um, let's see here. All right, my bad. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 5, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, the Bible says, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 says, I know whom, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. 2 Timothy 1.12, I know whom I have believed, that he is able to keep. He's not saying I know what I believe. It's good to know what you believe, but folks, a greater statement than I know what I believe is that I know in whom I have believed. I know in whom I have believed. Notice, if, if you will, in Colossians 2, verse number 5. All right, Colossians 2, verse 5. The Bible says, or speaks, I'm just, I'm just going to hit these real quick, uh, if you can find it and highlight it. But Colossians 2, verse 5 speaks about faith in Christ. In Christ, faith in Christ. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 says, as ye, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. Chapter 2, verse 9 says, in him. Chapter 10, or verse 10 of chapter 2, in him. Chapter 11, in whom? Uh, I said chapter 11. Verse 11, in whom? Verse 12, with him and with him. I just kind of highlighted all those as I went down through there. But the emphasis clearly is on in whom you have believed. The church was under satanic attack, folks. Colossians 2, oh, thank you very much. All right, um, I, I just assumed, I, I just totally forgot to mention it. But for we preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ the Lord. There's the second one. I know whom I have believed. I want you to see these. Uh, I'll get to that one in just a second. But Colossians 2, verse number 4, notice what the Bible says here. So I know in whom I have believed, but I just want you to notice kind of a contrast here. So in whom... Jesus Christ, Him, it's all about Him. But then you get to Colossians 2, verse 4, and the Bible says, And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Chapter 2, verse 8, the Bible says, Beware lest any man spoil you. So the Bible says you can be beguiled. Verse 8, you can be spoiled through philosophy, vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Now, you think about this for a second. There is nothing wrong with saying, I know what I believe. 
But at the same time, you can have some pride in what you believe. Ain't that right? You can have some pride in that. And sometimes we say, I know what, what I believe. And, uh, and it's good to know what you believe. But I'm telling you, there's a greater knowledge than that. There's the humble knowledge and acknowledgement that I know in whom I have believed. Uh, see, the false teachers exalted themselves, number one, and their great spiritual, uh, quote-unquote, spiritual attainments. Beware of any teacher preacher that seems to be exalting themselves instead of Christ. Beware of any preacher and teacher that seems to be exalting what they know more than in whom they know. Beware. See, the Bible says that these false teachers, they, they boasted and they bragged in their spiritual attainments and achievements. They preached a system of teaching, but Paul preached a person. He preached Christ. Amen? And, and that must, Jesus Christ is the one who must be at the heart of everything we teach. I mean, from, I mean especially from, but from salvation on. It's not Jesus at the first and then we figured out after that. Folks, it's Jesus all the way. Amen? All the way my Savior leads me. Uh, I mean, it is all about Him. See, the Gnostics, which, you know, these people that claim to have this knowledge that were uh, infiltrating this church, they preached philosophy and empty traditions of men. But Paul proclaimed Jesus Christ. The false teachers had a list of rules and regulations. But Paul presented Christ. I mean, you think about it. I mean, these false teachers, they had empty traditions. They had rules and regulations. Uh, but folks, Paul preached Christ. I mean, when you, when you think about what goes on in people that are in spiritual darkness, and many of you, we've all been in spiritual darkness, but some of you were in religious spiritual darkness. You think about it. You went through the classes, some of you as kids, didn't you? What was that all about? It was all about the what's. It's all about these traditions. It's all these traditions of men. It's amazing. You look in some of these catechisms and some of the things they state very strongly. Well, I remember years ago looking through the, uh, the Catholic uh, catechism and there was these bold statements that are made throughout the catechism and then you get down to the end of this particular statement and, and the source of that is uh, Cardinal this and Blue Jay that. Uh, that are the authorities on this uh, particular diet. And I'm just like, so? That's the traditions of men. Uh, we, and, and I'm not just picking on Catholicism because, folks, I'm telling you right now, and you know as well as I do, now, uh, there's churches that teach, pr tr preach and teach true salvation, but I'm telling you, just like the church at Colossae was teaching and preaching true salvation and were truly saved, but they were in danger of falling into the traditions of men. There are, uh, there are good churches that base what they believe back on messages and, and what people had to believe back in the 50s or something that doesn't really apply to what we have to believe or practice in our day and age today, and it's turned into the traditions of men. No, we preach Christ. We preach the Lord Jesus Christ. We preach a relationship with Him. We believe that it's through a personal walk with the Lord that you can grow. That you can, uh, that you can, you can grow, you can know, and you can go for Christ. I mean, one of the things that Jesus Christ 
the, the, one of the things that he really despised about the Laodicean church in the book of Revelation, I believe it was the Laodicean church, um, but it was, maybe it was Thyatira, but he despised among those churches, those ones that had the, t- the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Which church was that? Was that Thyatira? Had the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Now the Nicolaitans, um, we don't know necessarily if that was a particular group or, or not, but just simply what Nicolaitan means is the, 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 the Nico, the, the first part of the word is Nike, you know, which of course we know is the, or, you know, was the, the goddess of victory. But so Nike meaning victory. So the Nico, the, the, the Nike, the conquering, and then the lay of, the, of the, the, the Nicolaitans, the laity meaning the laity, so the conquering of the laity. So the thing about false teachers, and I'm telling you, there are some, I believe there's some, there's some well-meaning preachers that are truly saved, that are truly teaching the Word of God in many ways, that they can fall into some of these tricks and traps of conquering of the laity. You do it because I said to do it. Why do we believe this? We believe this because I said we believe it. Don't question me. You can't know. Uh, woo. You cannot know. You don't have the ability. You don't have the knowledge to be able to know the things that I know. I'm the man of God. Um, it's the conquering of the laity. What's that reference, Atreyu? The church at Ephesus? Yeah. Huh. All right, so 2.6 specifically of Revelation 2, so uh, that's the, the reference to the Nicolaitans. But uh, now, now don't misunderstand me. These false teachers were coming into the church at Colossae. They were teaching false. They were trying to lead people away from Christ. They were trying to lead people away from doctrine. And I want to try to narrow this down a little bit. I know I'm kind of going broad, then coming back narrow again. But um, understand that these teachers, although they were trying to lead people against Christ, they had better sense than to send in teachers with blatant, blatant blasphemy demanding that Jesus Christ be denounced and dismissed from the church. Uh, listen, for those, uh, you know, I'm, man, here I go. I, get, I, I think I've got everything I'm going to put in my outline, then my head gets to going, and I can't hardly stop it. But, uh, but I do think about the, con- the, con- the concentrated efforts of, uh, of the communists in the early part of the 1900s that had a concentrated effort to get into religious universities and begin to disrupt what's being taught there. Now, we see the fruit of it today in a big kind of way, but they didn't just come in there and say, hey, we're here, and we're here to tell you that we want you to totally get rid of Jesus. We don't want that anymore, and that he's not really God who he said he was. He was just a man at best, if he even existed, they may even say, uh, and so now we're here to teach you about the Bible. That's not how it works, and, and this is the thing I just thought is, is it matters what you believe. Now, Uh, I'm going to leave this up here for just a moment, but then I'm going to go to the next verse. Notice what it says here. As the serpent beguiled Eve, and that just means, uh, you know, tricked Eve through his subtlety, so that your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit, whom ye have not received, or another gospel... And he speaks about, you may bear with him. But the idea is, notice that. 
Satan tricked subtly the minds. And he's concerned about these people. And I'm telling you, these people are saved people. But it's so much more with people that aren't saved. But notice this. He that cometh preacheth another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel. So somebody says, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter what, what we believe. I mean, they, they talk about Jesus. I'm listening to this teacher, this preacher right now, and, uh, I, you know, it doesn't really matter. I know they talk about Jesus. This song talks about Jesus. I know it's got to be good. Uh, you know, this, uh, this, this church, well, they believe Jesus just like we do. Well, i got a question for you. What's a good question when they say, I believe in Jesus, and this church uh, believes in Jesus? Which one? Which one? Now, I mean, we know that in the true sense of the word, there's only one Jesus Christ. Uh, and then there's a bunch of Jesus. No, I'm just kidding, but it's the idea, which Jesus do you believe? Uh, which Jesus are they talking about there? Now, how can we know which Jesus someone says they believe in or someone is proclaiming? I mean, you think about this for a moment. In, in truth, is the Jesus that you were perhaps learning about in whatever maybe religion you were coming up with, was that really the Jesus that you were introduced to when you accepted Him as Savior? Because the Jesus maybe you learned about in the, as a kid, number one, maybe all He was was that baby in the manger. Or maybe He's just that dude up there on the cross. See, for them, for a lot of people, you say, well, Jesus was on the cross. He was in the manger. I understand that. But to them, that's all He is. Because... We have a lot of what about what we believe. There's a lot of what we believe. But it's based all on Christ. It stems from Christ. Versus false teaching, they have a lot of what they believe. Oh, and it includes something about Christ. Supposedly. Which one? Now, how can we know which Christ is being proclaimed or taught or preached or whatever? Amen. The doctrine. What's another way of saying that? The Bible. Amen? The Bible. What does the Bible say? And so, uh, which you say, well, I believe in Jesus. Which one? Which one? Uh, it's popular today to believe in, listen, it's popular today to believe in this uh, sin accepting Jesus. He's a popular one today. Not the one in the Bible, but he's popular. He draws crowds, but it's not the one in the Bible. The dope smoking, you know, uh, you know, accepting of any type of lifestyle Jesus, well, that's not the same one that's in the Bible. Now, the one in the Bible loves everyone, amen, and will save everyone from their sin. He won't leave them in their sin. So another spirit, another Christ, another gospel, um, just to see that that's what false teachers, not every Jesus is the same, not every gospel is the same, and the Bible is what's going to be what differentiates between that. Understand this and understand this well. One of the real marks about false, especially false churches, if you want to call them that, is that uh, the Bible is not the sole authority of Scripture, or the sole authority of what they believe. What we believe is based solely on this Bible right here. Uh, and you know, and, and another thing about a true New Testament church, and not to say that none, none of these haven't had good marks, but 
It's, it's all about Christ. It's all about the Bible. It's sole authority. See, do not get in your minds. Listen to this carefully. Do not get in your minds that every church, see, people say, oh, there's so many churches and they all believe something different. That's why I don't believe in uh, the gospel. It's like, well, no, no. They don't all believe the Bible the same. Because for, I mean, it is pretty rare to find a church where the Bible is the sole authority. You'll find churches that the Bible is an authority along with the traditions, along with some catechism, along with the, the writings of the founder. Well, that's no good. What do you say, Nellie? Yeah, and, and that's a good point. I mean, thinking about having a religion to where some man can just change willy-nilly every few years uh, what you believe. And I mean, and some of you know that, especially in some of that, you know, with Catholicism and some of these, man, it's like it was... Uh, for your grandma, your grandma's Catholicism, it wasn't what your parents was, and yours isn't what your parents was. I mean, it's just, it changes. But folks, the Word of God never changes. It's always the same, and there's no man, there's no man that can change what we believe. And so the Bible's the sole authority of Scripture. There's a catechism, there's a tradition. Uh, for some people, it's emotionalism. You know, I know the Bible says this. There's whole denominations that are based on experience. Well, the Word of God says this, but I had this experience. Okay, what are you going to believe? They believe their experience. And they'll find some verses to try to support their experience. But folks, that's not uh, biblical either. Uh, the Word of God is the sole authority. Okay, so um, here's another good verse. This is in the same chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. Uh, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. Oh, he looks good, or she looks good, or man, they're just so great. But what are they teaching? Uh, Satan's ministers uh, are transformed into an angel of light. Satan, Satan does not come to you or to anyone else uh, trying to scare you half to death. He wants to look good. He wants to impress you. His teachers do not come in you know, with a, uh, you know, a big satanic Bible or something and say, I'm going to lead all of you into Satanism right now. No, they come in walking the walk, talking the talk. They look good. They sound good. But folks, we have the Spirit of God. We have the Word of God. And those are things that can help us to avoid false teachers and false teaching. Remember, it matters. It matters so much that Paul's agonizing. It matters so much that Paul is laboring and striving. Um, so... Uh, so that's the way these ministers come in, okay? So it matters. It does matter what you believe, but it matters most of all in whom you have believed. Remember, Paul was preaching Christ. We want to preach Christ. A true church is going to preach Christ. Others are going to teach about their, again, Colossians 2, 4, enticing words. What are they talking about? What are they using to convince you to try to get you away from a good, sound Bible-preaching church or good, sound Bible doctrine? Enticing words. Sounds good. What else are they using? They're using philosophy in chapter 2, verse 8. They're using vain deceit. They're using tradition of men, the rudiments of the world. They're using all these rules. They're using themselves. But they're not preaching Christ. Anything, listen, I'm telling you right now, you mark this down. If, if there's anything that you're pursuing, learning, whatever, especially in the spiritual realm, man, if it's not leading you closer to Christ. Now, the thing about some of these th teachers and things that 
We just got to be careful. We like formulas a lot better sometimes, don't we? We like formulas. We don't necessarily like the fact that we're going to have to, you know, seek God, work for God. We don't want to go the hard way. We want to go the easy way. Hey, there's this formula. There's these boxes you can check, and you can get God to do what you said you, said you want to do, you know. But that's not the way it works. God's Word, the Lord Jesus Christ, so it matters what you believe. It matters most importantly in whom you believe. But I want to say it also matters why you believe. Colossians 1, 9. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, if you just want to turn over a page there. The Bible says, For this cause we desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And again, I just say why you believe, because with this crowd tonight, I probably don't have to emphasize it that much, but again, remember, what you believe and why you believe what you believe needs to be based on in whom you've believed. It needs to be based on the fact that you're saved by God's grace. You've studied the Word of God yourself. You're not taking one thing I'm saying tonight at face value and saying, well, that's what we believe because preacher says it. That's what we believe because that's what our church believes. That should never be your answer to, well, why do you believe this? Well, our church believes this. Well, that's pretty weak. No, you believe it, amen? Believe what you believe because God's Word. I mean, man, you've got the Bible. The, Paul's prayer throughout this whole thing, you look at this. He's praying, he's saying, man, you can have this wisdom. You can have spiritual understanding. You've got the Spirit of God. The Word of God is alive. You know Christ. So we see, uh, we see uh, Paul's, uh, we see Paul's, uh, what, what do we see there? We see Paul's efforts, we see Paul's emphasis, and then uh, lastly, we're going to see Paul's explanation. Quickly, why does it matter? It matters in a couple of different things. It matters in redemption. Colossians chapter 1 verse 14 says again, in whom? And again, I would get you to mark that word. In whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. If your Bible does not say through His blood, in Colossians 1.14, we can get you a better one. All right? Uh, there's some versions that just take that out of there uh, arbitrarily. Uh, in whom we have redemption through His blood. So, so, so what we matter and in, in, in whom we believe matters in redemption. But not does it matter in redemption, it also matters in reconciliation. In other words, the Lord has reconciled us to Himself. We have today a life that is really about walking with Jesus. That's what life is really about. The Christian life is not just about keeping a set of rules. It's about having a walk with Christ. A real person, someone who walks with me that I can know. How much God cares about our spiritual growth. See, because it'd be real easy to say, well, I mean, Paul, you're getting all bent out of shape here, but these people in Colossians, they're all saved. That's the main thing, and it is the main thing. But it's not the only thing. Paul said, man, you're saved, and that's great, but I'm telling you, I, I, I'm agonizing over this. I'm striving. You've got to know what's right. And it's really for our own benefit, man. We're going to be blessed because of it, as we'll see just here uh, in closing in a moment. This reconciliation. God cares about our spiritual growth, which shouldn't be surprising, but how much should we care for the spiritual growth of others? Paul was current, concerned about these people's spiritual growth. And, man, we ought, to be, we ought to be wanting to see one another grow in the Lord. We ought to be hoping to see that in one another, encouraging that in one another. 
admonishing one another in our spiritual growth. I mean, listen, do not get mad. Do not get upset if somebody who, because I'm telling you, it's going to take somebody who cares about you to come to you and say, brother, I'm praying for you. How are things going? I'm a little concerned about you. You know, I mean, trying to admonish you and just trying to encourage you in the things of God. Um, so we should care. Paul preached Christ. He taught Christ. Again, in whom are treasures, notice verse number 3 of Colossians 2, in whom are hid all the treasures of the wisdom and knowledge. What he's saying there is you're saved, but if you get off track in your life and Jesus isn't the emphasis, you're going to miss out on some riches. You're missing out on blessings here. It's in Him who are the treasures of the wisdom and knowledge. It's in Him that we, we you need wisdom in this life, don't we? You know, Christian's talking about, you know, uh, going and, uh, you know, sitting down with a, uh, someone at wit or whatever. You know, talking about plans for uh, the future. That, that applies to you. Young folks, you need wisdom. Caitlin, what are you doing back there? I want to talk to you right here. Is it not distracting? Okay, but anyway, uh, listen, you, 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 need those, you need those answers, don't you? You need to know what the future holds. Guess what? God has wisdom for you. Put Him first. Put Him first. Keep Jesus first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I mean, that's important. So we need wisdom. Adults, we need wisdom, don't we? You got kids? Are you married? I mean, you got a job? We need wisdom. And it's going to be in Christ that we have the wisdom that we need. In Him is hid wisdom and knowledge. And so, uh, but notice that not only that, Wisdom, by the way, is the right use of knowledge. It's one thing to learn something. It's another thing to apply what you've learned. Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. The false teachers promised to give people a hidden wisdom that would make them spiritually elite. Again, you got people, buy my book, watch my video, do, my, do what I say. I've got some hidden wisdom for you. God has never revealed this to anyone before, but I've got it. Listen to what I'm going to say. Look how wealthy I am now. And look how blessed I am. Look how healed I am now. Whatever the case may be, I've got this hidden secret. And you know, for $19.95, you can have the book, you know. And, and if you subscribe and hit the like and all this stuff, man, listen, ain't nothing hidden. It's in Christ that what we need to know is hidden. We need to go dig for it with Him, amen? Don't, don't, don't buy this other stuff. Um, but all true wisdom is found only in Christ Jesus. Paul's intent, he wanted to present every believer perfect in Jesus Christ. And again, complete, mature. That was his goal there in ver verse 28 of chapter 1. So how's that going to happen when Jesus is first? Reconciliation. And just notice quickly here the contrast. Colossians 2 verse 2. Notice what God wants to do. This is when you put Jesus first. This is when Jesus is the basis, the whom that you believe in, the whom that you are seeking, the whom that you are living for. Colossians 2 verse 2, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love. Notice this, comfort, love, unto all riches. We've talked about that already. How about this one? Full assurance of understanding. 
Don't get hung up seeking religion and rules. Man, seek Jesus. Everything else falls into place. Uh, notice also chapter 2, verse 7 with me quickly. Notice this. Chapter 2, verse 7, rooted and built up, established in the faith, abounding with thanksgiving. I like this one also. You want to know another thing about if you're walking with Jesus? Chapter 2, verse 16, let no, man, no, let no man therefore judge you. This is a good verse for Lent, Lenten, isn't it? Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in any in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath day. Let no man judge you. In other words, when I'm walking with the Lord Jesus Christ, you can try to put on me what you want to put on me. If I'm walking with Him and I'm following His word, I ain't got to worry about what you say. See, but when you're living under somebody else's tradition and rules and grand wisdom, you got to worry about that judgment coming down on you, that, that thumb being down on you, you know. So do you want to be comforted, have love, riches, assurance? Do you want to be rooted, built up, established, abounding? Or do you want to live underneath the judgment and the control of some other teacher? Colossians 2, 18, again, let no man beguile you beguile you so there again that's what's entailed in uh you know the, the the beguiling the tricking the judging that's what comes along with getting caught up in uh false uh doctrine that leads away from christ so it matters why it matters because of uh it matters because of salvation it matters because of reconciliation and then lastly it matters because of rewards it matters in your daily life, but it also matters in the future. And this is what I'm closing with here quickly. Uh, notice chapter 1, verse 28, the last part of the verse, talks about uh, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Notice chapter 2, verse 18. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and reward and, and worshiping of angels and so forth. Man, false doctrine will rob you of your reward. The basic thing I'm just trying to say here and emphasize tonight is it matters. It matters not only what you believe, but it matters in whom you have believed. And I hope that you are seeking. Don't let yourself... Have you ever done it? You start thinking the Christian life, you're saved. But you start thinking the Christian life is about, you know, keeping up with somebody else, keeping up appearances, you know, uh, trying to make yourself look good to other people. Or maybe you, think, maybe you think of the Christian life as something you do a couple times a week. See, but Jesus, when He's our everything, it's not just a couple times a week. It's all the time. He's all the time. It's all about Him. And that changes everything in our life, and it leads us to such a path of blessing. What we believe, it matters, but it's based on in whom we have believed. And then why we believe, again, is based on Him but the why is in the blessings. Man, it's a blessing to walk with Him in this life, to have the wisdom to walk in Him, to abound, to be rooted, to be settled, to be complete, rather than being judged and puffed up. I forgot about that one in verse 18. And uh, beguiled and so forth. So it matters tonight, amen? All right, uh, well, thank you so much. Uh, let's all stand and we'll be dismissed in just a moment. Heavenly Father.